Welcome to the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio, the podcast for talent acquisition aficionados, HR lovers, and the recruitment connoisseurs out there looking to get inspired and challenge traditional approaches to hiring. Here, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the recruitment process, engaging fresh talent, managing tough internal hiring dilemmas, and of course, the future of talent acquisition. I'm your host, Adri Smith from Recruity. I'll be quizzing the experts, asking the burning questions, and of course, bringing you great guests each episode. By the end of every episode, we'll offer a few hypotheticals and of course, tips to take back to your team and workplace. As candidate markets become tougher to navigate, many companies start to look abroad for new, fresh talent. Today, I'm joined by Zainab, senior tech recruiter at Mobiquity. So I think to get started, let's have a little introduction to yourself and of course, how you got kind of involved in international hiring. So my name is Zainab and I'm a technical recruiter and I've been doing this for a bit over four years. My journey into international hiring was quite natural, I would say. Hiring in Amsterdam, if you're hiring for bigger technical companies, bigger software companies, you always end up, almost always end up hiring from all around the world. Do you need any specific skills in order to start hiring internationally? I mean the basic recruitment skills, mm-hmm. yes. The ability to interview for motivation, I think, really comes into play. Mm-hmm. Because when somebody is hiring while moving from abroad, they usually have two motivations. To move away from where they are mm-hmm. or go into the country that they aspire to be at. Mm-hmm. So when you ask somebody, why are you looking for something new? very typical recruiter question, they might tell you, well, I just want to move away. And then you should uh, know not to be put off by that because it's a very realistic reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so empathy. (laughs) Empathy is important. When it comes to motivation, that's quite an interesting thing to pick up on. Are there good motivations and bad motivations when it comes to international hiring? Simple answer for me, no. Mm -hmm. I would say no. So I do have um, colleagues or peers that do think only thinking along the lines of moving abroad is not a great motivation for candidates. And uh, hiring teams, hiring managers are also, they tend to be prejudiced against it. Mm-hmm. But I moved abroad myself and I do know it's a realistic motivation mm-hmm. and it can be in conjunction with other things like the company you're applying for or like the career you would like to go for. So no. I cannot separate the bad and good motivations. Mm -hmm. You said it before, particularly here in Amsterdam, it's kind of hard to avoid this trend of international hiring. Why do you think this is? Why is it such a trending topic, not only in Amsterdam, but big cities like New York, I guess Tokyo, I would imagine also? I think it's just a supply and demand thing. Software companies are growing, right? Everything is now related to software. You need more people. And in these cities, there is not enough people. Let's simply put, there is not enough skilled technical people. And uh, companies tend to hire for really senior, experienced employees. And that makes it even harder Mm -hmm. because those people are even rarer. And then you need to be open-minded about where you find them. And there are places in the world where more people end up being engineers, scientists, and um, get that education. That's a whole other topic on why, but then you naturally end up going into those talent pools to find the people you need. Are there any particular roles that are 
very commonly hired international for and any roles that you would recommend not hiring internationally? So I'm going to be a bit biased here mm-hmm. because I'm a tech recruiter. I would say most of the software development roles are really typically hired internationally. Engineers, data scientists, even designers, so the technical people. And I would say that's fine because it's really about the work they do and much less cultural. But anything that I would advise against hiring internationally, it's a tough one. I think if you really need to know the culture, the law, the language mm-hmm. of where you will be working, it would be best to hire locally. And uh, maybe when hiring juniors, less experienced people, the first place you should look should be closer to home, the schools that are in your city, close by to your city, so that you also get the, give them a chance before you bring people from abroad. I think you've already touched on it, that in a lot of markets, there are just simply put not enough people. Though I think we all know that a lot of companies don't actually have the ability to hire internationally. So it's a big process around a company getting access and getting the proper licensing in order to do that. As a company, when do you know that you're kind of at this point where you should be hiring, maybe looking abroad for talent? I think it comes down to the pain point. Because it cannot be only based on the size of the company, because you might be a three-person startup, and then you might need this person that's so specialized, so niche, and yeah, maybe that person is not in your city or your country, and then you need to be open-minded about where you get them from. Mm -hmm. But usually it comes down to the pain points. Are you simply not able to find the person you need in your country? Then you should be able to start looking abroad. So as first-time kind of international hirers, what do you need to have in place in order to make it a successful hire? Because I think there are probably quite a few challenges when it comes to hiring people like this. Yeah, Yeah, I think for starters, you should really be knowledgeable about um, the relocation processes, the visa application processes, before you start attempting to relocate people. Because I've heard of quite a few instances where companies said they will sponsor and were not able to sponsor, putting that person in a really tough spot or did not provide enough information. And they, the candidate ended up not getting some of the benefits they could have gotten. Mm-hmm. So knowledge first on the legal processes around that. Once you have that in place, a good HR that knows how to do this, if you don't know, Work with the relocation agency, they're specialists and they will provide that help. And uh, after that, I think setting in place interview processes that are accommodating for international candidates. Mm -hmm. So interviewing, video calls, do you have enough tooling? Is your hiring team ready to do remote calls as opposed to what they're used to? Mm -hmm. Are they ready to interview in a different language? Because if you only hired locally, they will be here, they will be speaking Dutch. So that's a few things to keep in mind. And building up from there, we will get to that. But internally, the culture should also be ready for your first non-local hire and make them comfortable where they are. So when you talk about uh, your company culture, of course, I think there's a lot that goes around it. But when it comes to adapting to international hiring, 
What do you need to focus on? Well, I'd like to answer this with a personal uh, anecdote <laughs> because I worked at a smaller startup where around 95% of my colleagues were Dutch. So I would have a lot of instances sitting at a lunch table where all the conversation around me was in a language I don't understand. Mm. So the company culture should be very of putting people in a position where they might feel isolated, they might feel unwelcome, or just uh, simply lost. Mm. So when you're bringing in that first non-local person, uh, have a discussion in the company. How are we going to make them feel comfortable? Are we going to have a self-correcting culture where we see them looking lost, we switch to English again? It's usually always with the best intentions. You know, nobody wants to make somebody feel left out, mm -hmm. but it just happens naturally if that's the only person that doesn't speak the language. Yeah, I can imagine that's uh, quite difficult. Yeah. And when it comes to different cultures, are there any considerations you also have to make? Because I'm sure that can also contribute a little bit to feeling lost or excluded. Yeah, it's a huge topic, like you said, because culture is as variable as there are countries and people out there. So it's just uh, good to have that in mind that if I hire this person from country X and I hire from country Y and Z and we are country um, local, and then what happens when I bring all of these people together? It's good to arm yourself with knowledge. How does this person communicate and what is normal for the other person? How will they confront conflict? How will they speak up? Will they speak up when they disagree? In some cultures, it's really not okay to say no, but they want to say no. And then uh, there might be a lot of misunderstanding in the beginning. Mm. Yeah, it's good to ask questions, leave room for this kind of safe communication mm -hmm. in the office. And I would say more related to recruitment, even in the interview process, because if you're a recruiter that has never hired internationally, the first time you're facing different cultures, you might be put off by some things because that might come off as pushy or passive aggressive or too aloof. So mm -hmm. it can go both ways on the spectrum, but it might just be the way that that culture communicates. Mm -hmm. So be open-minded, research and ask questions. Mm -hmm. I think you've already touched on quite a few shortcomings that could potentially yeah. happen if you're looking for talent abroad. What are the main benefits? Uh, because I think it can seem like one of these things that's very <laughs> yeah. difficult and, you know, you have to look into the legal consequences. You yeah. have to, like, inform your team. You have to do a lot of research. What are the actual benefits of uh, looking abroad? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because, yeah, it can um, seem like a negative light when you mm -hmm. talk about the shortcomings. But I think it's actually amazing. Because once you have the processes in place, mm -hmm. then it opens up a world to your company, a world of talent, a world of culture, and uh, just a whole lot of knowledge that you might have never gotten if you were restricted by your own city. Mm -hmm. What I've experienced here in Amsterdam, working in international companies, mm -hmm. is that we form a form of overculture that is an umbrella culture, which is really open-minded, tolerant, has a very peculiar sense of humor, which I love. 
And uh, everybody knows what it's like to have left your country to come somewhere else. So people are supportive. They're more social with each other. So it's just beautiful to be in a company where it's 35 and counting nationalities. Mm -hmm. I love it. So I think it's worthwhile to overcome the shortcomings to get to that point where you have a comfortable international culture. In terms of inspiration, yeah. are there any companies that you look towards and you say, oh my God, they're really doing great when it comes to international hiring. They're really like owning it. They have a great company culture. Seems like they're doing it well. Are there any companies that you can really pinpoint like this? There's so many. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's really hard to choose. Yeah. Because specific to Amsterdam, I can talk about the companies I worked at, which I think it was done really well. But the massive companies like Booking, for example, they've made it a seamless process on how to hire internationally. And they know how to make it really comfortable for the employees that relocate. But even the company I'm at at the moment, it's um, very smaller. Booking is massive. Mm -hmm. uh, but we know how to do it as well. So it's uh, really hard to pinpoint one company because after you get to that point, I think more or less Amsterdam has got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always good, I think, to have an example of, you know, of course, some of the best hirers or like yeah. people who are hiring. But it's also really great to have an example of, you know, a smaller company. It gives a bit more of a feeling that this is actually achievable, not just yeah. for the big companies with massive budgets who can go abroad and pluck people out and bring them here to Amsterdam or wherever city that you're hiring for. But yeah, I think it's great always to have two examples. In terms of your company, um, Ubiquity, yeah. what exactly are you guys doing in order to support these international hires? First of all, I think we have the culture in place. Mm -hmm. So it is an already a very international company. Like I said, it's like 35 nationalities and 200 people. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually recently improved our relocation process. So now we work with a relocation agency that really specialize in making life easy for these candidates. Mm -hmm. Basically, if the candidate accepts an offer, we first were like, yay, celebrate. And then they take over holding the hand of the candidate through the daunting bureaucracy mm -hmm. specific to their country. So like, this is what you need to do. These are the documentations you need. This is what you need to get translated. All of the things that are quite um, scary at mm -hmm, first. Mm -hmm. And then once they are here, we help them with finding a house, getting registered at the municipality, at the bank. Mm -hmm. So all of these things that are natural in your own country to know, mm -hmm. you're like a fish out of water when you move. So I think at Mobiquity, we do it pretty well at the moment, that um, it's easier for people to move. I think what we often forget is that, yeah, of course, they're moving country and it's super hectic yeah. and it can be a little scary but also you want them to be able to come into their first day ready to work ready to get to know their colleagues yeah. so i think smoothing over that process is super yeah. important yeah in terms of biases i think every hiring process has biases yeah. are there any particular biases that you have to watch out for uh, when you're hiring internationally that's a tough one <laughs> i would say i think it depends on the person and it's more of a individual 
insights that you need to have as a recruiter first. So do you have any prejudices? Have you ever met somebody from that country that you didn't like, that you associate everybody else with that? You know, are you unfairly assuming certain things about them? So it's, it's really funny because now the recruiters in Amsterdam are also international. So each country has their own different bias. I'm from Turkey. We have different biases compared to somebody from Spain, for example. So first, starting with that, one thing I do to myself is when I'm interviewing somebody, I ask myself if I didn't know the name, country of this person, and if I was not hearing their accent. So if this was all written down with no information, would I make the same decision as I'm making now? It's a really um, difficult question to ask yourself because it makes you realize how biased you could be. But it's also necessary because we need to be fair and we need to focus on merit and not whether we like a person because it's really easy to judge somebody if you like them. Uh, judge them favorably and it's really easy to not like somebody if you have a stereotype or a prejudice so ask yourself why am i making this decision is it based on skill or is it based on something else and then try to translate that to your hiring teams because hiring teams it's not their first job to interview so they might be much more ruthless when it comes to their feedback, how they assess somebody. So ask these questions, um, bring it to a debrief session. When you address prejudices directly, people will defend themselves mm-hmm. because very rarely people will say, yeah, I'm prejudiced. But as a recruiter, I think it's our job to find ways to address this if you see it happening. So keep an open mind, start with yourself, Be an example. Don't be afraid to ask those questions to your interviewers. Hmm. How do you have this conversation in in the beginning? Because I think that's a really important part of hiring internationally because you, you will come in contact with a lot of people from different cultures, different countries, with different kinds of names. Yeah. So I think it's really important to be able to address this in a clear and open way. Yeah. Yet you're also in a professional working environment. So you don't want to make other people defensive. You don't want to make them feel like you're calling them prejudiced. So how do you manage those conversations? Um, I would first start with a sort of interview training and bring to that training some research that shows how biased humans can be in an interview context. And as uh, most of the time I work with engineers, they appreciate numbers. So if I show them If two CVs with the, like two absolutely same CVs with different names have this uh, much difference in percentage in being asked to interview, it catches their eye. Or if I tell them about how Amazon tried to put AI into recruitment, but it became extremely sexist because humans were training it, it leaves a mark. So I start, know your audience when you're trying to (laughs) maybe um, bring a bit knowledge. And then that's what I start with. And then throughout the process, I make it a constant point of conversation. So it's a personal style of mine, but I never go and say, hey, 
I think you are being prejudiced against this person, but it's more of a conversation. And I direct my questions around the merits of the candidate. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of feedback I ask. And I really steer people away from, would you have a beer with this person? I think that's the worst criteria people use, and it's really common. So, um, yeah, education first, and then following up with that. Well, yeah. I think there are a lot of people I would have a beer with, but maybe not hire. So Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, such a bad criteria. But people want to, of course, have similar people around them. It's just human nature. Mm. It's unavoidable. But then you end up hiring the same person over and over again. And you become blind as a company to what you're missing out on. So as a recruiter, it's a tough job to break that culture. You might come into a company where it's already so well established that uh, if you start bringing in different kinds of candidates, it's uh, met with objection. But uh, yeah, keep in mind, it's beneficial to have different kinds of people, a good balance of gender is a good balance of orientation because if you're making a product or if you are working with a client there will be different perspectives that are beneficial to your company in terms of advice for people who are starting on this kind of journey to start internet hiring internationally what would you recommend i would speak to recruiters because that's what i know best and i'll speak along the lines of what i would do so I would first look at the different departments we have, start talking with HR to see if they're ready to uh, do this, mm-hmm. and um, talk to finance to look at our budgets per candidate for relocation. So how much can we spare? Can we give them accommodation? Can we give them a bonus? So really get to know the scope of what we can do and then go to the hiring teams to start discussing how we will interview Uh, remotely and uh, what kind of biases might show up when they start talking to people they're not used to talking to. So I would speak to these departments, first make sure we have the groundwork so that we don't end up putting people through a very tough experience of interviewing with a company that is simply not ready to hire them. So uh, be ready first and then hire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us today, Zainab, and uh, hope to have you back. Yeah, amazing. Thanks for having me. We have an exciting announcement for all of you podcast listeners out there. Are you ready to join hundreds of recruiters, TA, and HR specialists for a day of insights and innovation at TalentCon 2019? Held here in the heart of Amsterdam on November 7th, this action-packed day will bring you the most cutting-edge thought leaders and insight-driven practitioners to deep dive into the future of hiring. We'd love to see you there, and you can find more information at talentcon.co. Thanks again for joining us on the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And of course, if you did, feel free to share it on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're most active. And if you'd like to be updated on when our next podcast is going to be released, you can sign up at blog.recruity.com slash podcast. See you in the next one.